I'm Laura Herberg, and this is Curiosity, where listeners ask questions about everything Detroit. In the spring, the Detroit River sees an influx of fish. Species like walleye and white bass, better known as silver bass, swim from Lake Erie to Lake St. Clair, stopping along the way to lay eggs in the shallow riverbed. This makes it a great time to fish the Detroit River, for some people. Listener Jack Nagel of Ann Arbor likes to cast out from the shore of the Detroit River, but he hasn't had the best luck. I've tried and tried and I never can catch anything. I can't figure out why I can't catch one. Well, we're going to help Jack out and try to answer the question, how do you catch fish in the Detroit River, specifically from the shore? It feels right to start at a bait shop. Just south of Jefferson Avenue in Detroit, there's one with a green fish painted on the outside, Big Mo's Bait and Tackle. Inside, you can hear water running in a tank with live bait. The place is very organized, but packed to the gills. There's a wall of fishing rods, nets on the ceiling, and rows upon rows of colorful bait and tackle. Manager Mike Noblet says what bait you choose depends on what you're trying to catch. In the Detroit River, there are over 65 species of fish, including yellow perch, catfish, and walleye. For the last couple years, I would say walleye is probably the number one chased after fish that everyone wants. I mean, the walleye is the steak of the lake. Everybody loves that fish. They love to eat them. They love to catch them. Noblet says people come from all over to fish walleye here, but tourists typically end up out on boats. If you're trying to catch walleye from the shore, Noblet recommends using a jig, which is a piece of lead attached to a hook with fake or real bait. A few with plastic minnows are on display at the checkout counter. The faux fish are painted glittery hues of purple, silver, and black. These are all locally made from us here. We know we, um, we're the ones that paint these and produce these and we package these. Noblet says these walleye killers, as they're called, are great for people who want to try out a new color or for folks who are new to fishing and don't really know how to assemble a rig themselves. Down on the Detroit River, semi-trucks make noise as they cross the Ambassador Bridge overhead. Jermaine Thomas has been down here for about an hour. He's using live bait. Uh, minnows. Minnows, so little fish. Yep. Oh, look, they're here in this bucket. Look at them swimming around. They're about... um two or three inches long, about as thick as a pencil or so. Thomas is hoping to use these minnows to catch some silver bass tonight. He says when these fish run the river in late May and early June. You catch your limit, you know, like maybe 12, 13 fish when they coming through. In one outing? Yeah. So you're going to walk away here tonight probably with about a dozen fish. Uh, I don't think so. Not tonight because they're not biting. (laughs) Thomas packs up and leaves about five minutes later. I wander down a little ways and see Curly Harris setting up three fishing poles. His son, Caden, is running around helping him. Caden, I need the worms. The four-year-old brings over a container of worms, takes the lid off, and shows them to me. What are they doing? They're chilling. (laughs) Get up. Here. Yep, sit them down. Harris picks up a razor blade and a worm and slices it in half. Then he grabs a hook and starts wrapping the worm around it. Hook it one time, hook him again, bye y'all. There you go. Harris says he got hooked on fishing after a friend took him about 12 years ago. It's real peaceful, you know? It'll take a lot of things off your mind. If you're going through something, you want to get a peace of mind, you can come on out here cast out your ride, you know, and just think. 
One of Harris's rods bends slightly. Somebody just took a little nibble. He slowly reels in the line. When it comes up, the worm is still on there, but now two small dark specimens are also attached. What is this on here? Yeah, what is it? Oh yeah, clams. Upon closer examination, I think they might technically be mussels, but who am I to correct a man with three fishing poles? Caden comes over to take a look. I caught a worm. Nah, these doggone clams on here. Let me see. Ew. Harris shakes the hitchhikers off and casts back out. I ask him if he has any advice for somebody who's tried fishing down here but didn't catch much. Don't give up. Just throw it out there and keep trying. Make sure you have your little care package and just chill and relax. And what's in your care package? I got me smearing off, some Bud Light, my speaker, and I got my kids, some chips and juice, and some pizza. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. A little ways down, some huge freighters are passing by as I meet retiree Bo Keys. It's, it's hard to catch anything in the river. You just gotta get lucky. But yeah, we catch uh, we catch walleyes, perch, uh, stuff like that in the river. For bait, Keys likes to use worms that he digs up in his own yard. He says he fishes often, but only catches something about once a week. Yet that doesn't deter him from coming down here. It's something to do as a retiree. Number one, it's relaxing. So far, you get to you get to watch the boats and the ships and the people and stuff like that. It's beat sitting around home, you know. So for you, it's not about catching the fish. No. no. Uh-uh. If this story went the way I'd planned, Keys would suddenly get a bite, start reeling, and pull in a fish. But I've since learned that 6 p.m. in late May is not necessarily the best time to shore fish in Detroit. Based on water temps this year, we were kind of in between the walleye and silver bass seasons. Though we might have had better luck in the early morning, after sunset, or out on a boat. But I also learned that fishing isn't so much about reeling them in as it is about going down to the water and casting out. So Jack, I know it might be a little frustrating that you're not catching your limit, but plenty of folks I talked to would say that as long as you've got some bait in the water, you are fishing the right way. After the break, we'll talk about what happens when you actually do catch fish. Can you eat them? Find out in just a moment. The Fish Contaminant Monitoring Program is a partnership between the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy, otherwise known as EGLE. EGLE staff catch fish in Michigan rivers and lakes, fillet them, and then test the fish for chemicals. MDHHS uses these findings to put together the state's Eat Safe Fish Guide. Brandon Reed is a toxicologist with MDHHS who manages the Eat Safe Fish Program, I called him up to ask about what chemicals are found in the Detroit River. He started by telling me that chemicals are found in fish across Michigan and the globe. It is a health concern, but it's one that it's important to balance with, you know, the um, important health benefits that people get from eating fish, the nutritional benefits. And so that's why our program exists to help give that information to the public, um, let people know about the risks that they face if they, you know, are, are eating fish from a water body or 
from a fish population that may be, you know, particularly more contaminated than another water body. So let me ask you this. Is it safe to eat fish caught in the Detroit River? Yes, it is uh, to catch fish, or excuse me, to eat fish from the Detroit River. We do have several recommendations for how much of those fish to eat, but we don't have any uh, what we call a do not eat advisory for any fish on the Detroit River. So the Detroit River does have some historical contamination um, based on you know industry that introduced chemicals into the Detroit River, particularly a chemical called PCBs, um, as well as another um, chemical class called dioxins. We have tested PFAS for fish in the Detroit River. Um, while it's been detected, it's really the PCBs and dioxins that are of most concern for health. Um, so for um, carp, catfish, uh, freshwater drum, largemouth and smallmouth bass, and white or silver bass. Um, these have the most restrictive guidelines that we are issuing on the Detroit River. It's what we call a guideline of limited. And this means that uh, for people who may be more sensitive to chemicals, we recommend not eating those fish. So this includes people who are pregnant or planning to have children in the next few years, people with pre-existing health conditions like cancer or diabetes, or children under 15. Um, and if none of those apply, we still recommend limiting consumption of those fish to one or two servings per year. So it is, you know, it is still a pretty um, restrictive guideline. Um, you know, we don't recommend having too much of those fish, but it's not at that point where we say it's, you know, it's not safe for anyone to eat even one meal of those fish a year. Let's talk a little bit more about these chemicals that you're mentioning PCBs mm -hmm. and dioxins. Can you explain to those of us who aren't scientists what those are? PCBs and dioxins are um, a class of chemicals that um, have been phased out of use uh, for a pretty long time, I think since the 70s. So they're, they're no longer used in industry, um, but they have these specific chemical properties that make them really persistent in the environment. So they don't break down very quickly when they get into the water and then they also have another property that makes them accumulate in the body. So not just in, in fish, but also in people. Those two, I guess, those two factors combined make them a particularly concerning chemical for fish because they stick around in the environment a long time. And then once they get in the fish, it takes a very long time for them to kind of cycle out and be removed from the fish. So, you know, even though it's, you know, 50 years now since, you know, those chemicals have been banned and haven't been used in production. They're still showing up in fish um, at a level where, you know, we have to have these recommendations so that people can protect themselves when they, or people, have, you know, have the information to protect themselves when they go out and eat fish. And so the chemicals of concern for fish, for some fish found in the Detroit River, are these PCBs and dioxins. You also have mercury listed on the chart. <laughs> What can happen to people if they ingest these fish, if they go beyond the recommended limits? Just to, just to clarify before I you know, kind of talk about the different health effects these chemicals have, how we calculate these uh, recommendations are really based on um, risk assessment. You know, we want to put out a recommendation that you know, people follow that, um, follow that guideline, then their risk of you know, some kind of harmful health effect um, is going to be minimized. So, you know, if someone decides that they want to eat, you know, a couple more servings per year, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're going to experience a harmful health effect. And, you know, many people do eat more than the, than the guidelines and, and don't end up having a health effect. But what we want to look at is specifically, you know, where's the point where your risk, you know, that chance of having that effect is going to be increased. And we want to put that as the, you know, we want to consider that to be the safe level or the recommendation that we put out. So specifically for PCBs, the level um, that we are, or excuse me, the effect that we kind of base that off of um, is effects on the immune system. For mercury, the effect that we are looking at is um, effects on the um, neurological system or neurotoxicity. And for dioxins, um, the effect that that one was based on was um, impairments or or effects on um, thyroid function. So it sounds like it's safe to say these are pretty cautious estimates. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's our goal as the public health department is we want to be cautious. We want to be health protective with the advice that we put out. Brandon Reed is a toxicologist with MDHHS. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you, Laura. Take care. When I was reporting down on the Detroit River, I asked everyone I talked to if they eat the fish they catch. They all do. Jermaine Thomas prefers perch for its flaky, sweet, white meat. He says he likes to deep fry them. Curly Harris asks his uncle to clean what he catches. Then Harris bakes them with onions, bell peppers, and a custom mixture of eight seasonings. Bo Keys' wife skillet fries what he reels in. Given that they all consume what they catch, I asked each of them if they were worried at all about chemicals. Here's Thomas. No, not really. You can tell if a fish is healthy or not by the eyes. You know, if they have cloudy eyes or if you, you go to clean them out, you see something unusual in them, you know not to eat that fish. So, but so far, I haven't ran across anything like that. The Eat Safe Fish Guide, however, says that you can't tell if a fish is safe to eat just by looking at it. You can't see chemicals in the fish, and you can't taste or smell the chemicals of concern listed in the guide. When I asked Harris about chemicals in the fish, he pointed to a sign hanging on the guardrail in front of the river. That's why they got the list right here. Uh, it's a eat safe fish from the Detroit River. That's the list there of what you can keep and what you cannot keep. Bo Keys says he's only a little worried about the chemicals. Uh, a little bit, but not too. I think the river just keep washing on down. You know, the river keep moving. If anything spills, then it just keeps on keeps on moving. Don't just sit here. So no, I don't worry about that too much. But he might worry if he knew even in the Detroit River, there are some fish that are testing high for chemicals. The Eat Safe Fish Guide also notes that you can't see the chemicals of concern in the water and that even some clear lakes and rivers still have fish in them that test high in chemicals. You can find detailed fish consumption guidelines for the Detroit River and other bodies of water in the state of Michigan at michigan.gov slash eatsafefish. I'm also going to drop a link to an article about PFAS in the Great Lakes and the Detroit River in the show notes. It was written by Jenna Brooker and published in Bridge Detroit in January. You've been listening to Curiosity, a production of 1019 WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station. I'm Laura Herberg, the executive producer of this show. Thank you to Jack Nagel for asking his question. The episode was reported by me with some assistance from WDET intern Solina Robles and WDET's podcast manager, David Lyons. 
Mastering and additional mixing for this episode were done by WDET's Connor Anderson. Our music is by Will Sessions. WDET's digital team is Dave Kim and Sophia Joswiak. Curiosity is driven by your questions. If there's something you're curious about related to Detroit, ask about it at WDET.org slash curious. And don't forget that if you're listening online, you can subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcasting app. 